And away we go. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Chris Uno Cero helping us out tonight behind the glass. I'm sitting across from the Arrowhead Pride lead film and draft analyst, Ken Swanson. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride. And this, this is the show. This is the week. This is the AFC title week, the game that we've been waiting for since the Chiefs were eliminated last year. They have a grand opportunity this week to advance to the Super Bowl. If you want to get involved tonight, you can. Uh, use Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beers text line 69306. You can also tweet us at 610 Sports KC or Arrowhead Pride. We will be taking your questions in a live mailbag. Kent, you know, longtime Chiefs fan, you've Rooted for them your entire life. Does this scenario feel real? <laughs> it does. Um, it feels like it's been a long time coming, though. And, and this this entire year, I think, going through what we all went through last year here in Kansas City, being so close to making the Super Bowl, and and the exhaustive nature of this season in particular, with Patrick Mahomes being hurt, Tyreek Hill being hurt, injuries galore, losses that you didn't think should have happened, one including the team that they're about to play, to finally be back here, so rewarding. Enjoy it, Kansas City. Throw a party at Arrowhead. Let's expect the the Super Bowl opportunity. Yeah. I expect good things to happen. I think, and I have a weird take on this. I, I find that because it's the Tennessee Titans, there's a slight air of it being just, it feels a little anticlimactic. I don't know if that's <laughs> the right adjective. If it were the New England Patriots or the Baltimore Ravens, granted, and I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to go out and dominate the Titans like they did from the second quarter on last week with the Houston Texans. It may be a game. I'm just saying it really feels like the Chiefs have this one in hand. They're touchdown and a half favorites. There's no opposing quarterback that you say, this is the villain for Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about a running back. In 2020. <laughs> I, I I understand what you're saying. I I think for me, I still feel, I, I don't feel like it's anticlimactic. I just feel like, I I, I almost feel like I, I, I can breathe a little bit though. Exactly. And, and I think that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm, I'm not stressed out about what Bill Belichick is going to try to do to this team. Obviously, the, the Titans are going to be able to do some things right. to this team, but I don't have that same, the, the aura isn't quite the same. I mean, we were building to Holyfield, Tyson, new era, future of the NFL, Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. And it's like, Ryan Tannehill didn't throw for 100 yards last week? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he has yet. And so I just, it's an interesting game. And, you know, and, and, and for you college football fans out there, and I, I said this to Bink last week, that Navy team that plays really weird football, it yep. just makes the game feel a little different. And that's that's kind of what I my sensation that I've been feeling. It it could potentially be a little bit of a different game. It could kind of be like what the Patriots tried to do to this team last year with the ball control, reduce the number of possessions in the football game. Yeah, there's there's some there's some in it, it's a little different than than expecting to play one of these elite teams that you you know you, you've seen be a buzz all year. But because KC hasn't done it yet, I think there's also just that whole aura of just do it. Just get it over with. And in some ways, it's almost a little bit real. It can be in some ways a little bit more scary because it's right. a team that you expect to beat. 
Today, the NFL Network was calling the day Championship Wednesday in Green Bay, in San Fran, in Tennessee, and in Kansas City. Only four cities in America really got to celebrate Championship Wednesday today. Here was the big quote out of Kansas City from Tyreek Hill. Well, I feel like nobody in the NFL can um, guard any of us. I mean, and that's no disrespect to nobody. That's just the confidence that I got. I mean, and myself and just the wideouts I got around me, including the tight ends and the running backs. I feel like no DB unit, no secondary unit, no linebacker or any defense can guard any of us. So man to man is just easy for us to beat. And if you just allow us to, to just run through zones, it's even easier. So This goes back to my point. Is Tyreek Hill talking about the Titans or is he talking about the Packers and the 49ers? Because <laughs> he's saying nobody can guard us. Essentially, and I'm not saying he's looking past. I, I, it's not what I'm getting at. I'm just saying I think this team is so locked in on beating anything in front of us that he doesn't even care. I mean, this is not an Andy Reid thing where you hand Vrabel bulletin board material. You did. And I'm not saying it was necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying this is what you did. That is such a non-Andy Reid way of going about things. I I don't like that he handed bulletin board material to to Mike Vrabel. He's cut from the Belichick cloth. He's a guy that Belichick, believe it or not, he utilizes a lot of these bulletin board material. He's got a dynasty thinking nobody believes in them every single year. I don't like that Tyreek Hill handed them some bulletin board material. He's probably right, though. <laughs> when this team is... When this team is clicking on all cylinders, the way that they've been able, the, the constants they're drawing up and, and this group at full strength, teams are having a hard time handing up man-to-man. Ty, Travis Kelsey's a big piece of that, frankly. Right. If Kelsey's going to catch nearly every ball, Sammy Watkins is going to appear after being invisible all year. Tyree Kill's going to do what he does. You have McCole Hardman suddenly in the mix, and he's returning the football like he does. Dan Sorensen playing out of his mind on the other side. Like I mean... I... It's it, it. He makes the point. Like I don't know how you necessarily stop this team. I, they're going to be tough if they're playing at a high level. If if they play like they're down twenty four nothing all game in the rest of the playoffs, they're going to burn through everyone. Well, that's the thing. You had your scare. Yeah. You know what I mean. Sometimes you get in the playoffs. You are the favorite. You think you're headed to where you belong, and you get caught off guard. There's no catching the Chiefs off guard anymore. That's why right. I just don't think the Tennessee Titans have enough firepower to do this. You have Derrick Henry, right? If you stop Derrick Henry, isn't it just as simple as saying, okay, we, we stopped this one guy. Are they really going to beat us through the air with Ryan Tannehill? Is Ryan Tannehill going to put up more points than Patrick Mahomes, who's having seven drives in a row where you're scoring not field goals, touchdown i want this game to turn into patrick mahomes versus ryan Tannehill. uh real quick though one of the things that i do like about this football team and you said it a little bit earlier is like that you know it's not necessarily maybe bullets important material for the titans but for anyone this team is so process oriented everything has been so process oriented with this team as they try to get better their belief and their confidence it has nothing to do with who's lining up against them it's all about the process that they've been taking to get here get better improve make strides week over week. It's, you've seen it mostly with the defense, but now you're starting to see with the offense too because they're getting healthy and they're starting to get that rhythm. The process that these guys have committed to is why they're in this situation, why they're able to come back from down 24 nothing. It, it could be good things for them moving, moving forward all the way into February potentially. It's a good day to be a Kansas City and a great day to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. This is the week. I mean, I know this week is going to drag on for a lot of people in this city. 
On this show, we'll talk to defensive film analyst Craig Stout. We'll go to Tennessee and talk to one of the editors for Music City Miracles, our SB Nation Tennessee Titans site. I'll go through some of my favorite quotes from Championship Wednesday out of Kansas City today, and then we'll close with a live mailbag leading into Bank at Night. So it's a good night of sports talk here. Let's get into this initial injury report for the Chiefs. LaShawn McCoy and Matt Moore, they did not practice on Wednesday due to illness. There's still this bug going around. Keep them away from the facility. You keep. <laughs> I saw Mahomes coughing during the press conference today. Just, just stay away from them. Yes. Uh, Chris Jones. I saw Dave Tobe was sick last week. Chris Jones uh, did not practice again due to a calf injury. Andy Reid was asked about Jones and his status today. He's getting better. We'll just see. You know, we'll see how he see how he does here. You know. Is this a situation where it's just a pain tolerance, or could he actually injure himself more if something bad happened again? Yeah, I, right. Yeah, that's a loaded question because you don't know about if he could injure himself more until he plays. But and we're not putting him in that position, and, um, and he's a tough kid, so he's not. You know, the pain thing. It's however he can play to the best of his ability. That's what we look at. This from the drives. Carrington Harrison was told he likely won't do much this week. If anything, at practice this week, and then we'll, we'll see where he's at on Saturday. Uh, followed up with if the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl, he should be fine. Good on CDOT for having some sources. NFL Network's James Palmer on Jones's calf. The Chiefs won't know if he can injure himself more by playing, and they're not putting him in that position. It's not a pain thing. It's whether Jones can play to a certain ability is what they're looking at. Jones will not practice today. So that is the latest on Chris Jones. Travis Kelsey, who's nursing a knee and a hamstring injury, was limited. And it sounds like the hamstring is no longer on the injury report. It's just yeah, back it's just, to the right knee. Right now, it's just a knee. Which is a good thing because you saw him you know, limping around a little bit. It didn't matter all that much because he was whooping Lonnie Johnson up and down the field. Um, <laughs> One thing I learned about you on Sunday, Ken, is you do not like Lonnie Johnson. I do not like Lonnie Johnson. I, <laughs> I don't have a ton of respect for him at this point. Maybe if he grows up a little bit and stops with the cheap shots. <laughs> Uh, maybe, but all right, let's keep it clean. We're keeping children it, listeners here, keeping it above the belt. The, the Texans fans don't need anything else to, <laughs> to happen to them quickly, quickly back to Chris Jones. What is your one to 10 level of concern here? Um, I'm not, I, I'm concerned about him playing, right? I obviously, I think he would have some value to this football team. I think it's going to be in splash plays though. I think it's not necessarily – he's not a guy that's going to hold up play over play, down over down against the run at a high level. What he can do is he can penetrate and maybe slow down a, a Derrick Henry, Henry behind the line of scrimmage and make some of those splash plays that put them behind the sticks. That's where he's going to be valuable. And, and if that would be a nice thing to have. I'm a little bit concerned about if he's going to play, though. We've already identified the one target. That's the man we'll be talking about all night. We'll talk to Craig about Derrick Henry. We'll talk to Jimmy who is from Tennessee, about Derrick Henry. Can the Chiefs stop Derrick Henry without Chris Jones? I tend to think they can. I do, too. Yeah. I mean, I do, too. And like, that's where I'm at. That's, kinda, that's, that's where I fall on this thing. It, it's not going to be a snap-by-snap consistency with Chris Jones. It never is with the run game. He's a guy that makes those splash plays. It would be nice to have those splash plays, but he might give up more in other scenarios, too. And, I, I mean, I think the Texans would run at him. I really do. I think and that's where they'd run at him. You know whose stomach is gargling, having not had a chance to play the Tennessee Titans this year, is MV Pinnell. <laughs> yeah, I, I will bet money that Mike Pinnell will be active this week for this game, this dogfight. No, no doubt about that. It's going to be a good night of Arrowhead Pride Radio. Got a good show for you. 
Coming up next, defensive film analyst Craig Stout joins us. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio. This year, AFC title week, championship week edition. Pete Sweeney, Chris Uno, Sarah helping us out, Kent Swanson. Man, it is an exciting time in Kansas City. I mean, you're seeing the red everywhere. You got Bobble Pat running around the city. Energy is palpable. It really is. Selfie stations at Union Station. Everybody's in a good mood. It's 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 such a cool time. And I you saw some of the stuff today. Nationally, there's there's fa- there's fans worldwide that are that are engaged with the Chiefs. It's so cool to see. We don't want to get ahead of this, and I know fans are probably going to get worried about jinxing and stuff like that. But if the Chiefs go on a run here, and I'm talking for years, where they're a good team and competing for Super Bowls year in and year out, Mahomes taps back into this MVP form. This is a Montana type of thing, where or, or a a a a team that is going to be fun to follow, where you're going to have random fans in Florida, in California, in Arizona, where they're just going to root for the Chiefs. Why? Because it's fun. Yeah. The, the bandwagon is going to get bigger and bigger. Anyone's welcome on board to come come ride the Mahomes train with all of us. Well, let's welcome on one of the OG bandwagoners, Hollywood Hop defensive film analyst Craig Stout. Craig, you just got your voice back today. I did get my voice back today. <laughs> How we doing, guys? You went to the game this past weekend. You've had a chance to to look at some of the film. What was your takeaway from this game against the Texans? Well, my takeaway from this week is resilience. I think that should be everybody's takeaway from this week. It seemed like this is the type of loss that everything just avalanches and the Chiefs just kind of fall apart. They don't know a way to claw back, or if they do try and claw back, it's too little, too late. This is resilience. This is Patrick Mahomes. This is Tyron Matthew. This is Frank Clark, Travis Kelsey, stepping up in the biggest game that they possibly could down 24 and turning the tide and not only turning the tide, turning it immediately, you know, getting, you know, ahead before the half after being in that situation, that's just incredible. And it shows that the mentality has shifted or shifted from some previous years under Andy Reid when that team just kind of would have fallen apart. So you get the win. It was incredible. You're down 24. You win by 20. That doesn't even make sense as I'm saying it. You turn your attention to the AFC title game here. It's Derrick Henry. There's a consensus in Kansas City. This is the guy everyone's worried about could ruin the Chiefs' playoff run, right? So you break it down. It's either going to be with Chris Jones or without can you explain to me, as you watch the film and everything you've taken in all year, what that means? What is the Chiefs' defense, and what does Chris Jones mean to stopping Derrick Henry, and what does it look like without him? I think it actually is going to be a little bit more gap sound without Chris Jones. Now, you're going to lose some of these splash plays. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones in that regard is a little bit more, not so much this year, but especially in previous years and a little bit this year is a boom or bust run defender. He'll get washed out of the play by a single blocker. He'll lose his gap assignment, but occasionally he'll knife into the backfield and he'll make a play. And you live with that because he is such a destructive player. He makes that boom play and he also can rush the passer like nobody's business. Craig, I got it. Wait, I got to. Wait, I got to. Yeah. I got to stop you for one second. So, and I, 
and I just want to make sure I'm hearing this right. You think, and this uh-huh. is your take, and, and you're entitled to that, and I, don't, I, would trust, I wouldn't trust anyone more than you on, on this because you've watched the defense all year. You believe the Chiefs probably have a better chance to win if Chris Jones doesn't play. Am I wrong about that? I, no, I'm not going to go that far okay. because I do think the game script is going to dictate that the Titans will have to throw more than they've had to in the previous couple weeks. Okay. That's where Chris Jones it, makes all it. of his bones, and that's that's where he can be a destructive force. I want Chris Jones active in case the game script goes that way because he'll ruin Ryan Tannehill. He'll <laughs> he'll be able to, you know, create interior pressure, whereas the other guys, Colin Saunders, Derek Nottie, cannot. Now, Colin Saunders, Derek Nottie, Mike Pinnell, those guys up the gut are going to maybe play with a little bit better anchor, with a little bit better power, and try and keep Derek Henry from destroying them. But if the Chiefs start scoring, those guys become much less effective. Those guys become much less important than Chris Jones would be. I want to ask you about A.J. Brown. Are we not talking about what he can do enough, or is it just because Ryan Tannehill and your belief in what he can do? I think I think that we should be talking about A.J. Brown more. He's a big physical receiver that can win at the catch point. Luckily, the Chiefs have a guy in Charvarius Ward that can match up against him you know, in a way that maybe some other cornerbacks can't. But Ryan Tannehill, the reason we're not talking about it is because Ryan Tannehill's not throwing the ball at all. It's just become a very singularly focused attack in Derrick Henry. And, you know, you want Ryan Tannehill to try and beat you. He's only throwing for 90 yards a game in the playoffs <laughs> right now. That's ridiculous. I, you want to put the ball in his hands and say, you go beat us. Because that other guy, we've seen what he can do not only to other teams in the NFL, but to Kansas City specifically, especially this late in the year, you want to make Brian Tannehill hold on to the ball. You want to make him throw, make him try and lead them back from a deficit because that's exactly where they're going to lose. This past game was the first without Juan Thornhill. How do you think the Chiefs fared? What did you see? I think it was just okay. I, I do think that they're still kind of getting some of their rhythm together. Kendall Fuller obviously garnered, you know, most of that share. The Chiefs did play a little more nickel than they had in the previous you know, games there at the end of the year. But we did get to see a little bit of Armani Watts. We got to see a little bit of the dime with the spy. I think that Steve Spagnolo trusts Kendall Fuller to play back there. And I think that we'll see a lot more single high this week with Kendall Fuller deep. I do think that when they do go split safety there, he tends to like Dan Sorensen back there with Kendall Fuller a little bit, you know, kind of let Tyron Matthew play in the middle of the field. That's where we saw he was absolutely fantastic for, you know, the entirety of that Houston game. So I would expect that it's going to be Fuller and Sorensen deep in that situation. Keep Honey Badger closer to the box. He is defensive film analyst Craig Stout. Craig, rest that voice up. We'll look for your stuff on OurHeadPride.com this week. Thanks, guys. Craig Stout, a man without a voice. Glad's finally back. He had to miss our uh, first podcast of the week. Hopefully he'll be back later. I thought that some of the Chiefs defenders had some good quotes on defending what Derrick Henry does. Let's first go to... Anthony Hitchens. Yeah, you guys just take his legs out. We talked all week to kill the engine, uh, hit him in his, his, his thighs and his legs, uh, chop him down. Um, when you tackle him high, he 
tended to you know carry you for about five more yards so um hit them low and um all league on within the game but just you gotta just hit them lower hit them low hey you know i get his i mean it, it makes all the sense in the world you gotta slow that down any chance you can and, and any shots below the waist not that not those kind of shots below the waist not, not your degeneration x no, china no. low blow none of those but I mean, just ring the bell keep that's keep, a dq keep going up the legs keep you know keep trying to, to put some wear on those things because he's been through a lot this year especially those last three weeks he's been just i think he's got close to 100 carries the last three weeks total here's tyron matthew you know if you watch a lot of derrick henry um he gets stronger as the game goes on um the, his first halves they aren't that great, um, but second half football, he takes off. So, um, you know, we gotta we gotta be well rested, hydrated, um, in order to to kind of finish 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 the game. Um, you know, really try to compete against him and slow him down when it matters the most in the fourth quarter, four minute drive, six minute drive, seven minutes left. I don't know how many fans of the Simpsons are out there, but there's this episode where Homer becomes a boxer. And where are you going with this, Pete? And the the opposing boxers just punch him, punch him, punch him, punch him, punch him. And they're so tired by the end of the game that Homer just pushes him over. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and so I don't know if it's some of that that, that Derrick Henry has going on where the defenders are so tired and he's so big that then he just dominates. But the problem that I think I have with that is in that scenario – the boxers are so weak. I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes that's going to knock Homer out before you blink. So, yeah, the defenders may be tired, and Derrick Henry may be able to go off, but the game might already be 31-10 by that point. I think a lot of people are rightfully preparing for the worst-case scenario. And the worst-case scenario for this game, it could, I mean, besides, like, a loss, necessarily. It's just having to grind this one out in an ugly game where the Titans are 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 able to stay in that run heavy script that I think everyone here in Kansas City is preparing for that. It doesn't have to be like that. The best way to stop Derrick Henry is for the Chiefs to run out of fireworks again because they've scored so many points. If Patrick Mahomes just goes out and, and has the same level of efficiency that he had last week or close to the level of efficiency he had last week, they're going to win this football game because Derrick Henry's not going to be able they're not going to be able to turn around and hand the ball to Derrick Henry the whole week. When we come back, we'll get the Titan side of things with lead editor of Music City Miracles Jimmy Morris. That's next on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, Chris Unocero helping us out. It's the AFC title game, the Chiefs and the Titans coming up Sunday, 2.05 p.m., same time as last week. We're going to change it up right now and talk to one of the editors, the lead editor of MusicCityMiracles.com, which is the SB Nation Tennessee Titans site. What's up, Jimmy? How much are y'all? We're doing pretty good getting ready for this game. I think the first thing I got to ask you, the last time we spoke was week 10, and you were the biggest proponent of fire Mike Vrabel. <laughs> I, guess you've changed, yep. I guess you've changed your tune on that? Yeah, listen, I mean, I still have concerns about what he's going to do in-game. Um, right. we, we still, just as the season has gone along, we have just seen him. They just struggle with, with some of those in-game decisions. 
But at this point, I mean, there's there's no arguing that he is a, a fantastic motivator. I mean, leader of men. That's what they, that's what they said about him when they hired him. I mean, he's always done a great job with all of that. Um, this staff has done a fantastic job of game planning the last few weeks. Um, so I mean, obviously they got a lot of stuff going for them. Um, some of my concerns as far as that as far as that goes. But at this point, I mean, of course I'm you know not going to be on that anymore. What's the sense right now among the Titans fan base? Is it one of confidence, or is it Titans fans are kind of just happy to still be alive here? Do they think they can beat the Chiefs? Where where are where are the Titans fans? Well, I mean, I think as this as this run has gone on, we've gotten more and more confident in this team, um, which is kind of funny because you know they had and they had a week, I guess, fifteen in week fifteen they had a game at, at home against the Texans. And that game was the last one. Well, I mean, they had a chance to control their own destiny in the division at that point. And lost that game. Turned around lost the next week to the Saints. Of course, their team didn't play in that game. And then had to be the Texans in Week 17 to get in. Um, and so it's just funny, like, all this confidence that we've had at this team has really been growing since Ryan Tannehill took over. Um, but there were two big games they had right there that they dropped. But it's just at this point, I mean, with the way that they've been playing, with the way things are clicking on both sides of the ball, um, it just seems like they're a team that, that can beat anybody. Now, I mean, who knows what's going to happen on Sunday. I think it's going to be a little bit more forward to it. But, um, you know, I mean, I mean, I think at this point, you know, you have to have confidence that they can play with anybody. And so then we're going to kind of have to see how, you know, this game specifically goes. Jimmy, what worries you most about this matchup against the Chiefs? Well, I mean, the Chiefs passing game, right? You know, they, I mean, Patrick Mahomes threw, I can't remember what the total was. But it's the most anybody's ever thrown for in, in Nashville, Nissan Stadium, when that game was here. And the Titans did win that game, but it took, you know, a freak botch snap or whatever it was that, you know, Coke threw away, and then a block field goal there at the end to get it done. Um, so, you know, you have to be concerned if you're a Titans fan about all the weapons that Chiefs have, um, you know, just the way they can stretch the field, all the things they can do. And, you know, watching that game on Sunday, that's 24 nothing Texans, like, all right, you know, kind of mentally getting, getting prepared to play Houston, and then you just see the onslaught there. Um, you know, and, of course, that's got a scary one. like seven straight possessions, four touchdowns. Um, so you know that they can do that against anybody. So that, that's really the biggest thing. I mean, I don't want to time to build it and move the ball. I think they're going to be able to do that in this game. But, you know, moving the ball and being able to score 35 points or, or more than that is probably going to be what they're going to need to win this one. Yeah, that's, that's just a little bit of a concern. Talking to Jimmy Morris, the lead editor of Music City Miracles, the SB Nation Tennessee Titans site. I think you probably know this, but a lot of the focus of Kansas Cityans right now is on running back Derrick Henry. The numbers after the halfway mark of the season have just been ridiculous. What do you think led to that change and, and seeing just some of these crooked numbers that he's put up in the second half of the year and really, really leading this team to the AFC title game? Yeah, so a few things. Um, one is, you know, he just continued to get more confident as he's been on this run. Uh, you can see it. You can see it in, you know, you can see it in the field, but you can also just see it in the way he's carrying himself when he's talking to the media. Uh, they're showing videos now of him being the one breaking it down in the locker room and all that stuff. He wasn't doing that stuff before. So he, he's had a confidence, you know, in himself that's been growing. But offensive line, um, you know, Taylor Lewan was just good for the first four games. 
Um, and, and so it took a little bit of time for him. Once he got back in the starting lineup, it took a little bit of time for that group to gel. Nate Davis is the right guard, third round rookie this year. Was you know came from a small school, was hurt in training camp, was was kind of in that lineup the first few weeks. He's really established himself. He's settled in. And again, like you know, it's just you know, you know it's lines, and it takes him a little bit of time to, to learn to play together. But this group has been really, really good, especially in run blocking. Um, as this run has gone on, so I, I give a lot, of, a lot of credit to them. And then you know, having having the passing threat. I mean, the Titans haven't had to do it the last two weeks. Obviously, um, you know, Tannehill hadn't broken 100 yards in either of these first two games. But you know, he during the season, you know, something like 9.8 or whatever it ended up being yards per attempt. Um, there's there's that threat of being able to throw the ball down the field. And so I think that is that is what's going to loosen things up now. You know, the last couple of weeks we've seen stats boxes, yeah. and it hasn't mattered. Derrick Henry's been able to run against them. But, um, you know, so I think just kind of all those things coming together is really what's propelled him on this run. How do you anticipate the Titans' defense to curb everything that the Kansas City Chiefs' offense can do, albeit Damian Williams and Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, some of these passing weapons? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really hard question, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that they, the defense has been playing better lately. Now, they went through a stretch there where they were really bad. Mm-hmm. And part of it was the boy Jackson with Hunter. When Malcolm Bummer got hurt, they, they, they still missed him in the secondary. Um, but, you know, part of it's just going to be, hey, go out there and, and, and do what you're supposed to do. Don't don't blow any assignments. When they catch the ball, tackle them. I mean, that was the big thing. You know, that's what you heard everybody from, you know, the, the defensive linemen to the client backers to the secondary, the coaches this, this past week. They're getting ready to play the Ravens. Play your assignment. Don't you know? Don't fall for all the fags. Get guys on the ground. That kind of stuff. So I think it's a similar type deal when you're facing the Chiefs. You get a chance to, to get Patrick Mahomes on the ground. Get him on the ground. Um, if you give up a catch to Tyreek Hill, tackle him. Don't let him run away from you. Um, you know, if you have that opportunity. So I think a lot of it's going to be about assignment football. And this defense has been really good at red zone. It's been really good in the red zone. Um, and, and has, has given up yardage. I mean, Lamar Jackson ended up like almost 500 yards of total offense last week. They scored 12 points. So it's not that they haven't been giving up yards, but they've been really stingy once, you know, they've gotten on the other side of the field. And so I think you're just going to have to kind of see that continue this week. And, again, I, I mean, I, the Chiefs are going to score. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But then it's just a matter of can, can the offense keep pace. Talking with Jimmy Morris, the lead editor at MusicCityMiracles.com or SB Nation Tennessee Titans site. One last question. Is there any aspect of this game you think that Kansas City Chiefs fans maybe should know about that we may not be thinking about here? Well, the defensive line for the Titans has gotten a lot better. Um, Jeff Simmons, he's a personal pick, he has one ACO. Uh, you know, and he, I mean, he played against the Chiefs last time, but it was kind of early on. He didn't play until maybe week ten, um, so or no, it was like week eight. But anyway, um, so he's he's been coming on. Jerome um, Kennedy didn't play in that first game against the, against the Chiefs. He's back. He's been playing really well. Having Simmons up there has you know kind of loosened things up for him. They can't they can't just double team Jerome Kennedy every time. Mm-hmm. So the pass rush has gotten better, and not necessarily from the edges, but from the middle. And so that's been a big help against a guy like Tom Brady against Lamar Jackson last week. Um, so, I mean, the defense has really improved in that way. So, I think, I think that's something to keep an eye on. You know, if, if they can get that push up the middle, 
Uh, maybe they can try to make Mahomes uncomfortable and maybe force him into a couple mistakes or, or just hopefully force some bozo that he wants to make now. Not only guys getting on the field and that kind of stuff. So really, really the play up front on the defensive line, uh, I think there hadn't been as much talk about that, but uh, you really seen those guys come on like a boy. That is the voice of Jimmy Morris of MusicCityMiracles.com. Head over there if you want the other side of this AFC title game. You can catch him on Twitter, JMorrisMCM. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You know what, Kent? I don't know, but it really did seem at the beginning there he still wants Mike Vrabel fired <laughs> somehow. I I understand some of the things he's saying about the, the game management stuff. I mean, it, there's... This team's probably kind of still on the rise, and getting them to this point, I think, is is well worth the job. But I don't think you know some of the in game decision makings. He does punt in some situations that you don't you don't think they should. Uh, kicks field goals, takes the points, and some of those things. Some of the more old hat kind of ways of doing things. Andy Reid's been been known to do those too. So I think this is one of those situations you may not see the Titans kind of capitalizing the same way some other teams have with some of the decision making. It might be a wash from an in game management standpoint for the Chiefs, which is a good thing. In about 10 minutes, we'll take your live questions and comments in a live mailbag. But first, coming up after the break, I'll play you my favorite sound from Championship Wednesday. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson of arrowheadpride.com hanging out with Chris Unocero helping us out behind the glass in about 15 minutes it's Bink at night I'm actually going to hang around for 15 minutes to talk to Bink about championship Wednesday in about I would say six or seven minutes we'll take your questions so get them in six nine three zero six questions comments whatever you want to say about this AFC title game Kent and I will react I want to play some of my favorite sound from Kansas City's championship Wednesday is what NFL Network is calling it uh, from earlier today. I don't know if you saw this, Kent, but there's been a video going around of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and how they're in each other's head. Andy Reid spoke about that relationship today. I think it's rare. I mean, his, his leadership ability, his ability to, to feel. Um, I don't know if you, you can teach that part. Um, you can teach the fundamentals and, and those things, but and they put their own personality on it. And you want to make sure that that takes place. He's done that. Um, and then he's been able to lead. I think where that locker room growing up and where that came uh, comes into effect is um, uh, it helps with the leadership, that he's not afraid to put it out there. And, you know, you've seen his dad and other leaders on that team, on the different teams, uh, step up when they needed to and know that somebody's not going to laugh at you or, you know, do that type of stuff. So you got to step, be able to step out and do that, and feel comfortable. And he, he's comfortable with that. Um, and then the, all the wrist and throwing from different motions or different angles. I think some of that's baseball. I mean that that helps. He played a lot more baseball than he did football early. So um, he knows all those release points and what he can get away with uh, from those spots. 
I didn't know we'd get into youth sports here, but that's just a message. <laughs> Let your kid play everything. Let them play everything. Right? Develop some athletic skills outside of the football field so they translate elsewhere. It makes makes all the sense in the world. Go play sports, kids. One thing that Great. stuck with me about <laughs> this week and everything that's going on is the way the Chiefs are winning and how they're tapping into the energy of Tyron Matthew with Dan Sorensen pointing to his helmet. I love that. Dan looks so awkward doing it, too. It does right. not look as clean as when Tyron does it. The guys on offense saying things like championship swagger, McCole Hardman, he's tweeting Tyron Matthew about being the landlord. And I asked Matthew today, I said, do you feel like you accomplished something? Because on day one, you said you were going to be a leader of this defense. I know there's more to play for, but what do you think about accomplishing that that goal that you had set for yourself? Yeah, and I, you know, I think ultimately, you know, um, you know, my, my job isn't done, you know, and I, and I think being a leader, uh, being a guy who has, you know, big picture goals, um, you know, I understand that, you know, in order to, to, to really accomplish something, you got to got to finish it. So uh, I think that's my mindset to to never really get caught up on, you know, being an all pro or being a leader or being a landlord. Obviously, it's good to kind of have those feelings and emotions. But uh, I think ultimately, you know, my, my only job here is to, to finish the job. Yeah. I think one of the things that's so impressive about this team, and I think you got to credit Tyron Matthew, is that process, how process-oriented they are. I think Tyron Matthew's been a big piece of that. I think him and, and Patrick Mahomes on both sides of the football have really been so committed to the process and keeping everybody process-oriented as they build, as they continue to grow towards what they're they're about to potentially accomplish. It's so critical to this team. It's why they're there. I like that it's bled to other guys. Yeah. He, he's I've ex- Explained it like this on, on a number of shows here. It's like a boost in Madden where a guy goes from a 78 to an 82 because he's next to Tyron Matthew. Yeah. One of those guys, in my opinion, Anthony Hitchens. This is who Tyron Matthew communicates to get everyone in line. Hitchens talked about their relationship today. I could think of a couple of plays where uh, there were times in practice where my guy went to the flat real fast. I could just picture this last week, and he actually took my guy, and I stopped mid-play and then took his guy. It was just one of those, and then when I seen that happen, I'm like, okay, now we're kind of like playing off each other and we're drilling and stuff like that. And uh, and we got one mindset uh, as a defense and pretty much as a team. So uh, a lot of guys are thinking alike, and uh, it's pretty much just, you know, show up and compete and uh, get guys lined up so we all can play fast. They say it takes time for a new defense to develop, but when guys are talking like this and it sounds genuine and it's honest and it really feels that way, you can see why the time was really necessary. And now you could tell the way he's talking about Tyron Matthew, where he knows where he's going to be right. without looking over. That just goes to show that Spags, it wasn't like lip service. This is actually the defense that developed into exactly what he was thinking about. They, they worked so hard to get to this point. I think that's part of what is why they've, they've come to this point and they've gotten there so rapidly. Because I, I, I'm impressed with how far along they are. I mean, I, I had a feeling that they would get better. I didn't think it was going to look like this. And the communication, the effort, the time that they're putting in behind the scenes together to commit to, to, to getting better, it sounds like a cliché. And you hear Patrick Mahomes say it every week. We're just trying to get better day by day, play by play. It's real. They actually are applying that time type of commitment inside that locker room. That's why they are to the point where they're at right now. Patrick Mahomes also, and this will be my, my last uh, sound before we get into the mailbag, so get your questions in. But Patrick Mahomes was asked, how does he feel compared to the last time the Chiefs played the Titans? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely more comfortable. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, being that first game back off the knee injury, uh, you don't know exactly what to expect. You trust the, the trainers, you trust all the doctors who, who say you're good to go, but you still don't know. You haven't ran at that speed with the pads on and game speed. Uh, so definitely feel more comfortable now kind of having the games under my belt and uh, been lucky enough to, to have been healthy uh, late this late in the season. Mahomes is healthy. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> you're not wrong. I, and he did look a little bit more uncomfortable. The first time these two teams played. I think what, played. what has really occurred to me in, in my watch, and, and Andy Reid confirmed this earlier this afternoon, is he looks a lot more sure of himself when he's about to scramble. And oh, I, yeah. And I think that's such a big part of his game, and it's not really talked about as much as it should be because when he has that aspect, it opens guys up. It's more of it's a willingness, too. I think he's more willing to to get out of the pocket and do those things. He's been very smart about when he's done it, and it's when you know teams are playing man coverage. They're running down the field. He's He's been utilizing his legs really well. He, everything looks about as normal as you could expect, although he's just, I mean, he's playing at a ridiculous level. That Texans game, I'm telling you, the feet were on point. He was delivering it in all kinds of different areas of the field just with perfection. I mean, if he plays like that, no one's beating him. All right, let's wrap this thing up with the mailbag. Get your questions in. Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line 69306 or on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride. Badger is the QB on D. I think we'd all agree with that. Uh, Chris Jones, he's on my mind. I hope he plays on Sunday. Yeah, he'd be a nice addition for a lot of the reasons Craig said. He's kind of a boomer bust player in the run game, but if, if it's a script that's more for passing, I mean, he's going to be a dominant per, uh, player there in the middle field. I hope to see a lot of Reggie Ragland, as that will probably be the best way to stop Henry. I mean, they're, they're probably going to see more Reggie Ragland. Uh, I think he's going to, you know, I think he probably gets like 30% of the snaps at this point in the season. I like Reggie Ragland. I do too. I think he's he's tough. He's physical. It just depends on the personnel that you the Titans put on three, the field. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a three down. He's no. Guy, he's not going to be a three down guy. You're in there, right? Put him on the field. It just depends on the personnel of the Titans. This from Cliff: Do we load the box and make Tannehill sling it? I think you do to some degree. I mean, I don't think you're throwing nine in the box, but right. I think you've got to make a conscious effort that says you're going to try to slow him down and and hope that you can. Uh, you know, do enough in the passing game against Ryan Tannehill. Another question here about Ragland. Should Ragland play more than Hitchens against Tennessee? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. It, it, Anthony Hitchens is the communicator on that defense. He's helping getting a lot of things aligned. When he's not in, it's not been as good. The first Texans game, poor communication across the board. This one's probably for more you than me, Ken. Uh -oh. who's, who's writing the apology article to Fenton and Hardman? Uh... <laughs> It's probably going to be Maddie Lane. It's probably going to be Maddie Lane. I think sometimes you guys get meshed together. I guess so. I Look, I think McCole Hardman's exceeded, pretend, uh, exceeded what I thought he was going to be. Mm -hmm. I still think how he's having success is exactly how we've been telling you he's going to have sex, success this entire time. I like this question from Brendan. How many points do you think the Chiefs need to win? They need 33. Okay. They need 33 points. Two. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Shut out. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that. I think they might get to get it done with 28. Really? Yeah, it's just. It's really. I think the hard thing for that question is you don't. There's so many ways the game could go. What kind of game it is? Is it a is it a game where they jump out ahead and they just run away with it? Because and if that's the case, it's going to be 20. You know, if it's if it's a shootout where the offense is just trying to go guns ablaze, the t Titans aren't going to score more than 20. But if it's a ball control tight game, I think you know, I think the Titans can they if they can lean on the run game, it's going to be closer. 
from Tyler. Why am I the only one worried about Reed being one and eight against the Titans? Because the one and eight <laughs> went against three different head coaches. Maybe more than that. I mean, there's it's it's a, a shade of Jersey. It's it, uh, yeah, he's lost the Vrabel it, once. It's it's one of those stats that that feels like a coincidence. It, it is. It, the Titans. It's been three different head coaches. It's been three different quarterbacks, probably. What are the odds that Vrabel channels 95 playoff Marty and tries to win the game by passing instead of running? I wouldn't be surprised if you saw them air it out a little bit more than we're expecting, especially since this team is not equipped to handle the run and they're probably going to devote resources to stopping the run. Um, and if it's if the game becomes a shootout, obviously they're going to air the ball out. I think the Titans are playing with house money. I, I feel like that that wouldn't be a bad idea, just completely flipping the switch. It's it's a hard read to have with Frable because I feel like he's also a guy that kind of wants to dance with what got you dance with the girl that got that you brought, you know? And and if that's the case, I think he's gonna turn around and hand the ball to Derrick Henry thirty times. How much does Spag's experience help in this game? Uh, it helps immensely. Well he won one of the most important games ever. Absolutely. I mean he Spags has done a phenomenal job. His staff has done a phenomenal job. They'll have a good plan up front. He'll have some good ideas and his attention to detail. He picks up things every single week that helps this team win. They're gonna he's he's invaluable compared to what they had with Bob Sutton last year. Wrapping up this AP live mailbag. When the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, that will make Mahomes' contract even higher. Whatever. Pay him whatever. I have blank check. I don't care. Pay Patrick Mahomes whatever. Even if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, just give him all the money in the world because he's going to win you one. Thanks to Craig Stout, Jimmy Morris of Music City Miracles, Chris Uno Sarah does a great job uh, behind the glass. Keep it locked in arrowheadpride.com for the entire championship week and beyond. Hopefully a lot more football to come. At least the coverage of it, right? Uh, thank you again, uh, Chris Unocero, Ken Swanson. Coming up next, it's Jay Binkley. I'm going to stick around for a little bit. See you next time on Arrowhead Pride Radio.